Amen. This morning I want to start off with a question to ask you, and I would ask that you'd actually consider it. Um, and the second question is simply this. It is, what comes to mind for you? What's the first thing that comes to mind for you when you think about God? And don't cheat. Don't wait like, okay, don't think like, okay, the fifth thing. Like literally right now, what was the first thing that came to mind to you? A- 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 Amen. A.W. Tozer said this. He said that the most important thing about a man is what comes to mind when he thinks about God. Now, whether or not you agree with that statement fully, I can tell you it is an important thing, if anything, because the things you begin to think about when you think about God determine your view of God. And I would ask you right now, how many of you in here thought of friendship? With a show of hands, if there's anybody in here, it was the first thing you thought about. Okay. Did anybody, anybody see a hand? Thought friend? All right. A reason why I bring that out is because generally speaking, when we think about God, one of the number one things we don't think about is God as a friend. We, we, and, and, and look, we think about God in a lot of ways. We think about God as Savior, as King, maybe some of his actions, that he's compassionate, that he's faithful, he's Redeemer, he's all-knowing, all-powerful. All present, and all of the things are biblically supported and accurately true. And so I would never degrade these things. But I think one of the things that many Christians, and myself included in my life, I feel like that I have often neglected is the friendship of God. And when I think about that, and I think about the truth, is that many Christians have ideas of God or know God in ways through scriptures or through preachers preaching and different things, but very few maybe walk in such a way where there's a deep friendship with God. And this, I'll be, I'm going to speak very honest with you today. This has been something that God has been doing in my life. So if I, I, you can already tell it is, it is in me and there's emotions with that. So forgive me for those who hate tears. Um, but i just be honest with you. Like this is, this is really burning within me. For, for weeks, the Lord has really been pressing his thumb on my life and speaking directly to me around this topic in my own life. Like Felix, I want to be so much more of a friend to you than you know. And, and, and not just certain, you know, you, yes, agree with me that I'm, I'm, I'm king and I'm your Lord and I'm the king of kings and all of those things. But I want you to know me in a deep friendship that you've never known before. And God has been speaking to me on this. And so as I've, I just say that to you up front, to be honest with you, so that you know that this is something that God, I believe that for many of us, maybe we've often mistakenly and not on purpose or it's just incidentally, we just kind of don't think about God in this way. But I want you to know, like, the, the Bible actually makes, gives testimony of this to be true. In the book of James, chapter 2, verse 23, uh, the Bible talks about, and you don't have to turn there, the Bible talks about how Abraham was called a friend of God. And then in Isaiah 41, verse 8, there's another time where God himself, he's talking about Abraham to the people of Israel through the prophet, and he, and he says this, he says, Abraham, my friend. And then you read about a man named Moses, which we all know about, in Exodus 33, verse 11, where he says, where the scripture talks about how he would go to the tent of meeting, and he would go and he'd meet with God as a friend would meet face to face. And over the last few weeks of my life, these verses have really hit me. They've really, really been something that have captured my heart and captured my life, because I look at them and I see that it is possible it is possible for men to have a relationship with God where it's as if a friend meets face to face. And I would ask you right now, in your own life, in your own experience, is that the sort of relationship of friendship that you have with God? 
where it feels as if you're meeting with a friend when you go to be with him, when you go talk with him. I believe that's what God wants for us. Or else I don't think he would put that in the word to say, well, that's only for Abraham or that's only for Moses, but it's not for you. And in fact, because Jesus says in John 15, 15, he says this, he says, he says to his disciples, he says, you used, I used to call you, you used to be my servants, but now I call you my friends. And the difference is, he says, with the servants, servants wouldn't know what their master was doing, but now I call you my friends because I'm going to show you everything that the Father has shown me. In other words, God, Jesus wants to have a friendship with his disciples in a way where he reveals his thoughts his plans, his likes, his dislikes, what makes him happy, what makes him joyful, what breaks his heart in such a way that he speaks it to you. He reveals those things to us. And I don't say this to come in here and say, condemn anybody's level of friendship that you might have with God, but I would ask you to be honest and assess your own heart. What is your friendship like with God today? I'll be honest with you. I don't think anybody in this room should ever say, it's good. I think it should always be, God, deepen my walk with you. Deepen this friendship with you that I desire to have. And so my heart in this is very simple. My goal is for us to come and to see the beauty of being God's friend and the joy and the delight of having friendship with God. That's what I desire so badly for all of us. Because it really is the greatest joy of the human experience is to be a friend with God. To enjoy God, to delight in God, to know God, to live in that relationship with God. I've been to this church for 15 years, and for 15 years I've, I've known Pastor Lee, and I recently went on, last year, it was about a year ago, I went on a trip with, uh, to go visit a church somewhere, and one of the pastors asked me, what, 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 what do you think about, when it comes to mind, what do you think about Pastor Lee? And I, and I know he hates this, he's probably watching right now, he probably hates it, I'm bringing him up. Um, but I told them, I said, when I think about Pastor Lee, the first thing I do think about is that he's just a friend with God. And if anybody who knows Pastor Lee, like knows him well, you're probably shaking your head yes right now. He just, it's like, he has this relationship with God that I've often looked at and I'm like, God, it just seems so unique. And the more and more I've pressed into the scriptures, the more and more I've realized it's not meant to be unique. It's meant to be something that we can all go after and we can all have and we can all desire. And so, I, this is what, I'll just be honest, this is what I'm after. This is what I want so badly with my own life, is this, this deep friendship with God. And so this morning, what I just simply want to talk to you about is really this idea that we are saved for friendship. We are saved for friendship. Certainly we're saved so that we don't go to hell, but even more so than that, we are saved so that we can have friendship with the God of the universe. So, and you could say it like this, if, you, if it's a different word you want to put in there, saved for relationship however you want to put it, but I like the language of friendship with God because I think it's often we forget that we are meant to be friends with God. And so this is how um, I would like to do this. We're gonna, I, I want to just kind of pose three questions with you today. They're not going to be long, but just three simple questions around friendship with God or being friends with God. And I want to look in the book of Ephesians to kind of find some answers to this. Not everything that when we look in the book of Ephesians are necessarily going to answer each question, but just bear with me as, I, as we walk through the passage together. But I want to go through three questions. And so if you, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to read this passage with you, starting in verse 1. And this passage is going to be the main place we're going to pull from today, but there'll be other spots. And I just want us to read this, and I would ask the guys, like, I've been so guilty in my life of the Word of God becoming normal to me. 
And I, and I hope I'm not, I hope, well, I hope I am the only one, but I, I imagine I'm probably not the only one. I would imagine that many of us, we pick up the word of God and we read it as if it's just something we've handled before and it becomes common to us. But what we read and what we behold in our hands when we read the word of God is, is life in itself and it's supernatural and it's, it's discerned by the spirit and it's so, it's so otherworldly, truthfully. That I would pray that as we read the scriptures and that you would ask the Holy Spirit, like, God, let this, like, provoke me. Really deal with me in the scriptures. Let it really, like, stir my heart. Let it challenge the way I think. And let it not just be the norm of just the Bible that we've all, many of us have grown up with. And so start with with me in verse 1 and we'll read a little bit here. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the, the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. But for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so I just want to kind of walk through some of these, this passage together while answering three questions at the same time. And I'll just ask the first question now so that you can write it down or whatever it might be. And you may, you may hear these questions and be like, automatically I have an answer. But you know, you, maybe you don't know, but have you ever been in a Christian school or Sunday school class and they got the kid and you gave out a test and they put Jesus for every answer? And, and you're like, well, I can't mark that wrong. Well, you can, but you know what I mean? Like, they're like, I got it right because I put Jesus every time. And they made jokes with you. If you mark it wrong, you're, you're evil, whatever. Sometimes when we have questions like this, we could just give the really quick, like, churchy, churchy, Christianese answer. Let's try not to do that. Let's try to actually look with, really think through some of the questions that are prevented, presented before us today. And so the first question I want to ask regarding friendship or being a friend with God is this. How do we become God's friend? Because there's some aspect in this world where we walk around where people think they can be God's friend. They think that, you know, hey, look, I want to be God's friend. I can be God's friend. I I like God. I want to be his friend. But the reality is when we're going to look into the scriptures a little bit, we're going to see very clearly that we cannot just be God's friend. In fact, we're incapable of being God's friend. And the only way we can answer this question faithfully is if we understand the way that we can become God's friends or we are God's friends is because God had to do something. It's the only possible way. So looking at this script or this question, how do we become God's friend? I want to just first give you biblical support to understand why we can't be God's friend. And it's as simple as this. It's really the first three verses we read. The first three verses we read, we see these statements that talk about us or what we were. Okay, what we were. If you're in Christ, you're no longer these things. But if you are not in Christ, you're still here. And the reality is that everyone in this life is born into these first three verses. They are part of these three verses. And this is what these scriptures tell us. These scriptures tell us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. 
Meaning that we had no spiritual capacity for life. We're spiritually bankrupt, dead. We are in sin. We are broken. We were dead. The second thing that you see in this passage is that it talks about that not only that, but we walked according to the course of the world, or we followed after the world. We followed the prince of the power of the world, or in other words, we followed Satan. We were sons and daughters of disobedience, and we once lived after our own passions and our own desires and our own wants and not God's wants, carrying out those desires in our body and in our mind. And last of all, we were children of wrath. By nature, we were under the wrath of God. And what these, this, this lays out for us very simply is like Paul is saying, hey, this is what you used to be, but here's the reality. This is what all people are apart from Christ. And when you look at that list right now and you understand dead, disobedient, following the world, following Satan, sinful desires, doomed under the wrath of God, no desire for the things of God, we can quickly understand that there is no one that can come out of that in their own power and make themselves a friend with God. Romans 1.30 actually says that we were haters of God. And we need to, rem- like, we, we need to remember that. Like, we didn't like God. You didn't like, oh, I think I kind of like God. Like, we hated God. Everything we did, we did for ourselves. It was all about what would gratify us, what would make me happy, what would I pursue for the next high or the next thing that I enjoy. And that was the pursuit of our life. Romans 5.10 talks about that. We all know the verse, but it talks about how Christ died for the ungodly or the, he died for those who were his enemies. In other words, the Bible makes it very clear. We were not some people that just decided to become friends with God because we didn't have the capacity to become friends with God. God had to do something because what we actually were is we were enemies with God. We were in opposition to God. We were dead. We were disobedient. We followed the world. We followed Satan. We followed the desires of our own lives. And, and gladly so. Gladly so, we'd follow our own passions and, and desires. And because of that, we were, under the, we were under the wrath of God because we were rebelling against God. And so when you look at this, you think, okay, how do we become friends with God? Let's just say this very clearly. You don't become friends with God because you just feel like becoming God's friend. We become friends with God because God stooped down in such a way to make it possible for us to become his friend. And this is the truth here, is that God went to extreme measures, measures to become our friend. Think about, the, think about the Bible, y'all. Think about from the beginning of the Bible. What did God do with Adam and Eve? He created them, and he created them in his image. In other words, he wanted to have a special relationship with them that no other part of creation could have. Not only that, but you talk and read in Genesis chapter 2 where you read the scriptures that talk about how Adam and God would visit Adam in the cool of the day. From the beginning of the Bible, we see this picture that God longed to have friendship with man. He longed to have relationship with man. He longed for these things. But the reality is, is we know that that friendship was ruined because of sin, because of the disobedience of man. And so therefore, all men have now been born in not as friends of God or even thinking about being friends of God, but honestly thinking about in it being and living as enemies of God and opposing God. And so the goodness of God and the mercy of God is that God loved, what does it say? God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is, the, this, is the, this is the joy. This is the point. Is that in order for us to become friends with God, how do we become friends with God? Is that God had to go to the most extreme measure to make it possible. And then extreme measures that he saw us in our broken state. He saw us in the fact that we could not save ourselves. That we could not break through the barrier to become God's friend. But he could break through the barrier of sin. 
And he would destroy the barrier of sin by sending his son Jesus to the earth to die for our sins, to bring God's presence to the earth, to go to the cross, to take the penalty of sin that would separate us from God, that would keep us from God. And he would take that punishment that we deserve because of our sin all upon himself. And then he would die and he'd be buried and then he'd be resurrected, defeating sin and the power of sin, making it possible for all men now to enter into a relationship or we say a friendship or becoming a friend with God. And and here's what I want you to think about. Like God went to such, such length to become our friends. And I just would wonder, do we respond to that offer of friendship? Like he went to the, he paid the greatest price for you to be his friend. He paid the greatest price for it. He did all that was necessary that we could become friends with him. And so to simply say, like, how do we become friends with God? The, quest, the answer is very simply, it's God's pursuit of you. It was God's pursuit of us that made it possible we become friends of God today. And that may not seem like a big deal. Maybe you're like, okay, I'm a friend of God. Y'all, that is huge. Like, think for a moment. Who are you a friend with? Like, think about your greatest friend. Or, or think of it this way. Imagine if you were friends with the most powerful man in the world. You'd get some good benefits, wouldn't you? You ever had a friend that, like, man, they, they were, they have, uh, sorry, Keith, but they have box tickets every week to the LSU football game. And, man, you really enjoy that friendship, don't you? Because when you have that friendship with them, man, they give you those tickets and you're like, you get to go sit in the box and you get the free food and all those sort of things. And, like, you really enjoy that friendship. You, that's a, it's a big deal to be friends with people like that. And I mean, you could take it up a step from there. Imagine if you were friends, and I, this isn't how it should work, but unfortunately in the state of Louisiana, this might how it happen, happens sometimes. You may be friends with a judge. <laughs> I think y'all know where I'm going with this. You may be friends with a judge, and you do something you're not supposed to do. A judge, because you have, a, you have that friend, that judge can do some things that he shouldn't do and get your case moved off, Right? And the, the point being is like when we have, friend, we have a friendship with somebody who is grand or big or has a, a big deal, the president or whoever it might be, right? There's benefit that comes with that. And we might sit here and we think, okay, big deal. God has made it possible to be my friend. But you have to understand, who are you a friend with? You are a friend with the God who has created all things. You are a friend with the God who the Bible describes that his mercy is new every morning. Man, I don't know how many of you need mercy, but that's a benefit to be a friend with a God who pours out mercy all the time. You are a friend with, you are a friend with the God who says that he is more faithful than the morning. Like, just, just think about that for a moment. How faithful is the morning? Have you ever woken up and not seen the morning come? Maybe if you're in Alaska or however it works over there, right? But like, have you ever woken up in Louisiana and not seen the morning come? Scripture says he's more faithful than that. I don't understand that. But I know this, that that's the friend that God is. And so when you, when we say like, how do I become a friend of God? It's God's pursuit of us. It's responding to the gospel. It's responding to what he did on the cross through his son, reconciling us or bringing us back into relationship with him. It's responding biblically to that. It's to, it's to confess Jesus, to repent of our sins. And when we do that, we therefore receive the status of friend of God. And let me say this to you. You do not, and so 
what this should do for us or what, what it should really encourage us with this is that you don't earn friend being a friend of God. You don't earn it. God gives it. I had a friend in, 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 in college. He was one of my best friends. And I remember the first time I saw him, I knew I wanted to be his friend. Like I was like, I want to be his friend. But for those who know me well, you know that when, I'm your, when I get to know you, I'm, I'm a pretty different kind of guy. I'm pretty out there and have fun. I, I'm, I'm laid back. But, you, but most people that don't know me, they think I'm very shy. And, and I am at first. I'm very timid. It's my natural character. I'm, I'm just I'm laid back. I'm just kind of like this. I don't really like, I'm really nervous about approaching new people. All of those sort of things. It's always difficult for me to talk to people. And so it's just a struggle. But I remember there was this friend in college that I saw, and I knew I wanted to be his friend, but I was too afraid to go talk to him. And, it, and, and the semester was passing by, and uh, we ended up being in a, in a ministry together in college, and, I, and we became friends. But what happened was is that he came up to me and started befriending me. And I was thinking about that picture, and I was thinking about I remember when he was befriending me, um, it was really that he reached out to me first. I didn't reach out to him, though I desired it. And I look at that picture and I think about how, you know, there's some truth to that illustration. There's some truth to that picture that in the sense that we didn't just become God's friends. Like we weren't, and I would say like this, we weren't just timid to become God's friends. We didn't want to be God's friends. But somebody always has to make the first move in a relationship. And somebody always had to make, make, the, make the first move in a friendship. And for me, it was my friend. And he became my roommate, one of my best friends in college. But for us, it was God. God has made the first move to initiate friendship with you today and to be your friend. The question is, do we respond? The question is, do you respond to become a friend of God by acknowledging that who we were but without Christ and confessing him and following him and repenting of our sins and calling on him to save us? And when we do that, we become a friend of God and there's great benefit to being a friend of God. So for all of us in here who are born again, I just want to remind you of this. Just know this. You don't have to earn your, friend, your, your status of being a friend with God today. So don't walk around and don't leave this place and think, I've got to perform a certain amount of things so I, I, God's my friend. You, God already poured his love out for you when you were completely rebellious to him. He was already after you as a friend. Remind, remind yourself of that truth, that God is your friend. And so the first question just simply being, how do we become friends with God? It's by God. Simple answer, right? That's the Jesus answer we put on the test now. It's by God's pursuit of us and responding to God's pursuit of us that we become a friend of God. And this leads me to the second question that I just want to ask. And the second question is this. Well, then how do we, we, how do we become a friend of God? But then how do we grow in our friendship with God? And this is where I want to talk about the difference. The first question was more of how do we become a friend of God? The status of friend. But how do we grow in our friendship with God? And I would say this, this is our communion with God. And I think this is where a lot of us maybe find ourselves. I am a friend of God because I am one of his disciples. I have responded to his gospel. I have believed the good news. I have repented and followed Jesus. I am a friend. You are a friend and you have a good friend indeed. You have the greatest friend indeed. But the reality is there is a part that we play in cultivating a growing friendship with God. We don't do anything to become the friend, but we do something to grow that friendship. Just like any other friendship you have in your life. Every friendship you have in your life, it doesn't just, just poop and all of a sudden you're best friends. There was time spent together. There was conversations had. 
There was serving one another, helping one another, doing things with one another. That's how friendship comes. And so when we look at this, I want to answer this question. How do we grow in friendship with God? Uh, Now, the passage that we're looking at today doesn't inherently answer this question saying, okay, laid out, this is how we grow in friendship with God. And so bear with me while I just say a few things and then we'll jump back into the passage. But what what, what the passage does do is the passage gives us the means to be able to grow in our friendship with God. And I'll explain that. And the reason why I'll say it like that is because we have to understand this at the very beginning of anything, when it comes to friendship, and just stay with me on this, I don't want to lose you. If when it comes to friendship, all good friendship, whether human friendship or friendship with God, is always built on the foundation of love. Friendship is never, it never occurs through manipulation or, 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 you know, some form of twisting of an arm and we can never twist God's arm or manipulate him into a growing, cultivated relationship with him. It can only be done on the foundation of love. Just like any friendship you have in this earth, I hope that it wasn't a manipulation to try to get somebody to be your friend or to develop a friendship with them. It was because of love would be the foundation of our friendship. And so our foundation of a growing friendship, remember, friendship as if communing with God, growing in our relationship with God, our foundation of that has to be love. If it's anything else, what happens is you begin to think that you have worked for your friendship with God. You begin to think that you have earned some type of closeness with God because you, did it, you, you didn't do it out of love. Whatever else you use, manipulation, the law, commands, however you want to state, if you put those things first, what happens is you think that you've attained some type of relationship with God, some friendship with God. And, but the reality is, if it's not done in love, it's not true biblical friendship. And so the question is, how do we grow our relationship, our friendship with God? It's very simple. It doesn't have to be complex at all. It is by love. But, you know, and so we, we say that it's by love, but we say, well, I, I, I want to love God. I try to love God so that I can grow in my friendship with him. I can grow in that relationship with him, that communion with him together. But here's the reality. It starts not with your love. It starts with God's love. John 14, John, 1 John 4, 4, 19 says this, we love because God first loved. And this is the foundation of friendship with God. Found the foundation of friendship with God is first God's love for you. It is, and, and this is so fundamental for every believer to understand that if you're ever going to love God in a way of friendship, where there's this back and forth relationship of love with God, it must first start with God's love for you. And so this drives us to, understand, to say this, do we have, like what, what type of view do we have of God's love? How do we see God's love? Do we believe God loves me? Can I state the facts from a Bible study? Or do I really believe in my innermost being that God loves me? Am I really moved by God's love today? God's love is the foundation of any love towards God. And so this is how friendship with God simply works. We first understand God loves us. God shows his love to us. God pours his love to us. God reveals his love to us. And it can be in a a, a variety of ways. It could be through the scriptures. It could be through the body. It could be through prayer. It could be so, so many different things in which God will pour out his love. It could be in the act of communion when you're taking the, the Lord's Supper. It could be all of these things where God reveals his love to you in a supernatural way. Where got, it's like we get a, just a slice, a sliver of his love. And all of a sudden, our life begins to just explode with love for God. 
And so it's God loves us, we love God, and then when we love God, John tells us that we, Jesus says this, that when you love me, you obey me. And it's just simply this. When I see God's love for me, I love him in return. And when I love him in return, I give him what he wants. And in the action of giving him what he wants, whether that's the praise and the altar, whether that's the delight and the time alone with him, whether that's in my giving of my tithe, whether that's in the sacrifice of my time to serve other people, whatever it is, when I give him what he wants, I am communing with God and I'm growing in my friendship with God. It's not a complicated thing at all. It's simply this. God's love causes us to love him. Therefore, when we love him, we begin to give God what he loves. And when we give God what we love, this friendship is growing. It's maturing. It's communing together with God. So how do we grow our love with God? We must first start with God's love for us. And so if you go any other route, if you start by just saying, I'm going to love God, you will fail to do so. And what you'll find yourself is trying to earn this growing friendship with God. And, not, and, and it's literally, it's not out of delight. It's not out of love. It's just out of just sheer thing. I have to do this. But God wants us to love him because he loves us. Or else why else does he show his love so greatly to us? He shows us so much love so that we can love him in return and give him that. And so when we think about that, we understand that. This is what this passage does. So this is why I said the passage may not say that, but what it does reveal is it gives us the means to love God. It gives us the means to be able to see how our our relationship, our friendship with God might grow. Because this is what this passage is. This passage shows us the love of God. And this is what I would say. I want to read verse 4 through 7. And I want you to look at it. And I want you to see these things. And I would ask you right now. like, Don't let this just be some form of just reading the Bible. Like, Guys, we need God to reveal his love for us. Or else you won't love him. And if we don't love him. We're definitely not going to grow in this friendship. That he desires so badly to have with us. It all starts with God. And we love him in response. And then we give him everything that he wants. And so what do we need? We need to be so rooted in the love of God. Through the scriptures and through whatever means which he might show it to us. And so in verse 4, this is what you see. The statements are made. But God being rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. Think about this. This is clearly saying that it's God's rich in mercy. But it was not God's duty to save us. It's because he's rich in mercy that he saves us. It's because he has a desire that he's, who he is, is that he's rich in mercy. And what is he merciful to? Everything from verses 1 to 3. He's merciful to the fact that we're spiritually dead. He's merciful that, you're, that we were disobedient. He's merciful that we wouldn't follow him, but we'd follow the world. He's merciful to the fact that we would follow Satan over him. He's merciful that we cared more about our desires than his desires. He was merciful that, to, to the wrath of God, the wrath that was supposed to be poured out for us. He was merciful to that by giving Jesus. He's rich in mercy. Everything we were, he was merciful to. He's rich towards and we have to remember, this was us. But God's love, which is, which is which the cause of his richness and mercy, was poured out. It says, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, that great love is just once again, it's great because of the character of the, the object of, of his love. Who is the object of his love? You. What was our character before God? Nothing to brag about. Nothing to boast about. Only to be honestly to our shame what we were. But his love is so great that it would be despite what we were. I love you. I love you. You see the statement where it says, even we were dead in our trespasses. 
that he would come and make us alive with Christ. In other words, that our transgressions, our deadness, our deadness in sin was not too great of a barrier for God's eternal purpose of love for us. Like we were so, we were spiritually dead. And God, it was, it was not so great that God couldn't, his love was not strong enough to get through that, to break through the barrier and to bring us alive and get us alive. And when you read the scripture, you see that in this, it says, he, we were dead in our trespasses and then he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up and, with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And this is what she said, made us alive, raised us up and seated us with him. That's love. That's love. Like, like, just like he made you alive. You, we did not experience life before Christ. We didn't. Like, do you remember that? Do you remember the emptiness? Do we need, like, God has made it. Now we are alive because of Christ, because of what he's done. We did not experience life before Jesus. Not only did he give us life, but he's raised us up with him. In other words, he brought us back. Like, just as Christ was resurrected, we've been resurrected with him in the life of God. And as, as, Pastor Evan loved so much, he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's put us, like, I don't even understand that verse fully. I'm just being honest with you. Do you? Like, I, I, maybe none of us do. I know what, he's, what we say it says. We say all the time it means that we're seated now with Christ in the heavenlies. And as he's seated at the right hand of the Father, we're seated with him. And I believe that to be true. But I feel like there's probably so much more depth to that verse than I realize. And I would imagine that one day when I even get to heaven, God's going to be like, now you're seeing the very thing that I spoke about. And I'm like, it was so deep. It was so real that I'm seated with him in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And he says, this is the whole reason why. So that in the coming ages, he might show his immeasurable riches of grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I love this verse so much because when I read this, this is what God desires. He desires for all of eternity, all of the coming ages, that he would be at a point to us as his trophies of grace. That he would point to us and say, they're the recipients of my grace for eternity. I will pour out my love on them for eternity. For eternity, God will continue to pour out his love and his grace. And, and I love how it describes it. Not just his grace, his immeasurable riches. It's not possible to measure the richness of God's grace. It's immeasurable. And yet he wants to pour this out over us. His kindness towards us. And I look at this passage and I just, I read this and I just say, like, did these verses bring me to see the Father's love? Going back to the question, how do I grow in my friendship with God? I have to have a friendship of love with God. And where does that begin? God's love for me. And so church, I just say this to you. like We need the scriptures to be illuminated, to be revealed to us in such a way that we are so touched by God's love that it, it, it breaks us down. It breaks us down. Just for lack of better words, it breaks us out of our, our, our composed and just... Like when was the last time you read a scripture about God's love for you and you just wept? Are we so composed with the scriptures these days? I wept when I read that verse, verse 7, last, last week. I just wept at the thought that this is what he wants to do for me for eternity. Why? Like, why? I, don't, I, I, was, just, I was just broken. I said, God, I don't deserve any of it. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense to me that this is how you want to pour your love out over me for eternity. But this is what you love to do. And you know what it made me do? It made me, love, it made me jump in delight and lose my composure and have a love for God. 
that, be, that led into this time of communion and friendship with God. And so I say to us, how do we grow this friendship that we have with the Lord? Guys, it must come from God's love for us and our love to him and communing with him. So maybe you're walking around like, man, I, I, I haven't felt close to God. Have you spent time in the word to see his love for you? Have you been around the body of Christ to, that, that would help reveal the love of God? Have you done them? The, these are graces of God. God gives his means of grace to us so that we can see the love of God for us. And so the question is, it's not, it's not a matter of like, God doesn't love me. It's that, do I have, have these things been revealed to me? And have I done the steps necessary for that to happen in me? You know, I, I don't know if God loves me, you know. Have you sin, spent time just to sit in his presence and let him love you? Because I promise you this, he desires to love you. There's a, there's a scripture in the Old Testament where it talks about he desires to sing songs over us. That's a God of love. That's a God that so badly wants to pour out his love over his people. But oh, that we would not, we would not hide ourselves from his love, but all the more we would avail ourselves to his love so that we wouldn't have to say, God, why won't you help me love you more? We would just say, God, oh, show me your love so that I may love you. And I promise you he's faithful to do such. He's faithful to do such. And so that second question, the simplicity is, how do you grow in friendship with God? Let God love you, and you'll love God in return. And then from there, the friendship begins to grow. Just like any friendship, there's a back and forth of that. And then the third question I just want to simply pose before us today is this. We can talk all about being a friend of God, and we can talk all about how growing a friendship with God. But the reality is, I think some of us maybe pause here, is that really is, why pursue it? Like, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. I'm, you know, I'm going to heaven. Um, I'm a friend of God. And because I'm a friend of God, I'm going to go to heaven because he saved me and so forth. And I'm going to be with him. And yeah, I know how to grow my friendship with God. But you know what? I, I'm good with where I'm at. And the question that we have to ask is, why then do we, should we pursue friendship with God? Why should we actually do question number two, the answer to question number two? Why? And the simplicity of it is this is because we were created for friendship with God. I already said it earlier, but in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you see from the get-go, God created humanity, humanity as the only thing in his creation that could have that type of relationship with God. This is what you were created for. Not only that, you see in Genesis chapter 2 that he would spend time with Adam in the cool of the day. And this is what he desires. And I would say this too, that the, the friendship with God or relationship with God, it truly is the supreme delight or joy of the human experience. Like there's nothing that trounces that. But here's the unfortunate truth for most of us and myself included. We think friendship with other things is more satisfying than friendship with God. Just look where we spend our money. Look where we spend our time. And this isn't to get into legalism. This isn't to get into say, okay, now you've got to spend 10, 12 hours of prayer. Look, I've, I've, I've got four kids under the age of five, and y'all know ministry. It's to slip away when I can. It's not about the length of time, but it's this. It's like the way I live my life really determines, really shows what do I believe is the most satisfying thing. Do I really see Jesus is all satisfying? Do I really see Jesus? Why should I pursue him? Because he is the most satisfying thing, but do I live in such a way that proves that to be true? 
There's been times in my life where I would say, and I said this to y'all last time I preached, I believe. Um, there's been times in my life where I probably would say I had a closer friendship with exercise than God. Think about how stupid that is. Some of you are like, that's really dumb. You hate exercise. I loved it. I still enjoy it. Right? Some of you maybe have a closer friendship with your favorite sports team than you do with God. Some of us may have a greater friendship with, with whatever hobby or whatever thing or your 401k or your fine, whatever it is, you name it, your money, your career, than you do with God. And it's because we somehow have forgotten to believe that God is the most satisfying and the most joyful and delightful thing that we could experience. We know the right answer. We know that's true. But that doesn't mean we always believe it to be true. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to believe something. And I say to us, like when I look at this, like I want to believe with all my heart that there's nothing that compares to the joy of being a friend with God. To have a friendship with God, that there would be nothing that is more joyful than that. I believe the Bible paints that picture to be true. And I want my life to reflect that in such a way where I'm willing to, hey, I'm not ever, it doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy things that I enjoy. But in the comparison, there is no comparison. There's no greater joy, there's no greater enjoyment in my life than to, to simply enjoy Jesus, enjoy God, and to be with Him. And so I say this to you, why should we pursue it? Because it is what you're created for. And if you're not living for what you're created for, you will not find your fulfillment of life. You're just not. If you live for something that you were not created to do, you will not be fulfilled. But if you live for the thing that you were created for, you will find fulfillment. And what you were created for was a deep friendship with God. You were saved for friendship with God. Not just so you could go to church. Not just so you could do Bible studies. Uh, you could preach messages. I want to share with you something that I would ask for you to be kind of gracious towards. Um, and I'll kind of tell you a story um, in my own life here. About a year ago, it was right before the last Encourage conference, I was praying and I was asking the Lord to just speak to me and I was just asking for his guidance in my life and the Lord spoke to me and, and he said, and I'll be honest with you, what he said, this, and I don't mean to be sounding arrogant in any way, but the Lord made it clear to me that he said, Felix, I want to increase the anointing in your life. You can run whatever you think that means. But when the way I understood it is that the Lord wanted to increase the anointing, and the way I thought it made sense was so that there would be, uh, I would be able to minister to the body of Christ better, so that I'd be able to care for the church and do what He called me to do. And He, and He, but He said there was a condition, and He said, in order for this to take place, Felix, you're going to have to give me room, room. And um, I remember Him speaking this to me, and I went to Pastor Lee, and we were talking about, it, and He said, I agree with you. And, and he was saying, I believe that's from the Lord. And so we were talking about it and just like, okay, Lord, you, you want to do this? So I need to give room. So I need to make time for you so that you can speak to me and do things in my life so that you can increase my anointing so that I can serve the church and do the things you've called me to do because I love you, God, and I want to honor you. And it was all good intentions and all good thoughts. And, and time went by and I would just continue to pursue that and ask God and just keep saying, like, God, why is this not happening? Well, I don't see this. And 
didn't really get caught up on trying to make something happen. Just, okay, I trust you. This is what you want to do. And then a couple months ago, God spoke to me again. And he began to deal with me. And he said to me, Felix, what I spoke to you then, you misunderstood me. What you thought I wanted to do is I wanted to increase your anointing so that you could minister to the people of God. But what I really wanted to do is I wanted you to have a place of intimacy with me because you love me. I wanted to give you a place with me. I wanted you to make room for me just to be with me. And what he spoke to me is he said, he made it very clear to me that I had sought intimacy with God for the purpose of ministry. I didn't know that was going on in my life. I didn't see that. I didn't think that. I didn't intentionally pursue that in that way. But God dealt with me and showed to me that I was pursuing some sort of, if I get close to God, if I get intimate with God, if I build this friendship with God, this relationship with God, that then, you know, that anointing will come and I better do the things that God wants me to do. When God really just said, all I've wanted for you to do is to pursue this love, this, this friendship with me, to make room for me and to pursue intimacy with me for me. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I broke. I broke and I've repented and I've asked God, forgive me. And in the midst of that, there was a, there was a choice to make. Will I respond to that? Not just in repentance, but will I shift my, my heart and, and, and my, my understanding? And, and I can say by the grace of God, God has helped me. That like, I was telling this to Lee not long ago, we were talking about it. I just said like, ministry is just, just doesn't appeal. But I so badly long for the, throughout the day to get away for 10 minutes with him. Since God convicted me and spoke to me and corrected me and, re- and rebuked me as his son, I have experienced more friendship with God than I've ever in my life. And so I can tell you from scripture that yes, you were created to delight in God and is the most satisfying thing. But I can tell you from my own experience, there's nothing that trounces it. I'm longing on the day to say, hey, I just, I'm ready to, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you thinking about? And what God's been doing in my life, and I'm not saying it's, it was an overnight thing, but it was like this progression of my life where now I'm hearing him more clearly than I've heard from him in the past, where I do hear him say things like, this is what I want done. This is what I want to see. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the fulfillment of John 15, 15, where he says, you no longer do I call you my servants, but I call you my friend because I'm going to share with my friends the things that I care about. I'm going to share with them my secrets. And I'm living in this in a way that I've never experienced in my Christian life. And, 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 and you know what? All the while, I wouldn't even say my ability to minister has gotten any better. I would just tell you this, but my love for God is just, it's, it's blossomed. He is so beautiful. And I just love the few times, you know, just to, Get away. I've learned like, man, that thing that I was doing is not nearly as satisfying. And I say that to you because this is my prayer for all of us. Guys, that I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're in here and you're like, Felix, that's old news. I'm way past that. Maybe you are. Because the reality is friendship with God, you know, it's not like, oh, pastors are the ones that are friends with God. We're all called to this deep friendship with the Lord that God offers and has gone through great lengths to give us and to make available to us. 
And so it's not something that's reserved for Pastor Lee or myself or Andrew or whoever it might be. It's for all of us. And so I don't know where you're at in that, but I would just say like, I know this, that with all my heart, I want to pursue this. I want to pursue a friendship with God in such a way that I I could never look back and I could look back on my life and say there was a turning point in my life where I so was just unsatisfied with a degree of friendship that I had with the Lord that I had to draw get closer to him. I wanted to be closer to him and that as I cried out to him in doing such, he did the work through his love grabbing hold of me. Y'all, and in the midst of all of that, when God spoke to me and corrected me, It wasn't that he just corrected me. He would correct me, and then he showed me his love. He spoke to me about him wanting to be my friend. And that's, you know, Exodus 33, Moses face to face. This kind of friend I want to be with you, Felix. And now it's like the most, I just could go on and on. I'm not. I'm going to ramble if I do. But it's become the thing that I'm just after. So I don't know, maybe, maybe, you're after, it, it, maybe you're after other things. Maybe you're after ministry. Maybe you're after some type of other thing in your life that, you're sati- that you feel like is so satisfying and you've bought into the lie that that really is the greatest delight and the joy. Or maybe it's you know, a particular set of ministry. Maybe for you it's evangelism. Maybe it's discipleship. Maybe it's whatever it might be. Maybe it's you know, teaching. And that becomes your pursuit. I just say this to you. Let the pursuit of your life be a friendship with God because that's what you're created for. And so my prayer is this today, is like, could we do that? Musicians, you can come up, and I have two things I just want to ask of us. The first thing is, is, is simply this. If you aren't, if you haven't made the decision to trust Jesus, to honestly, to respond to God, to become your friend, to make you his friend, if, you, if you're still in the Ephesians chapter, th- chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 category, where you're an enemy of God, you're rebellious, you're following Satan, you're in the course of this world, you're dead in your trespasses, you're under the wrath of God. If you're still there, I want to invite you into a friend, to be a friend of God today. I want to invite you to enter into a relationship with God for the first time in your life. I want to give you the opportunity to say, God... I hear that you have laid out to me, this is what I'm created for, and I want to respond to you today. The way that God asks you to respond is just simply to come and to acknowledge your sin, to repent, and to trust Jesus for the salvation of your soul, for the forgiveness of your sins, and he, you now will become a friend of God. And what starts for you today, if that's you, is that you now begin a journey of the possibility of growing in a deep friendship with the Lord for the rest of your life where I hope you would be excited about the thought to say, like, I want to hear God like that. I think it's, I think it's crazy for any of us to settle for some form, form of Christianity with God where it's just about little devotionals and Bible studies and church attendance, but that's all we want. And so that's my first invitation is for those that are in here today and you don't know Jesus, you haven't made the profession of faith and you're not a friend of God, I would ask you, make... I invite you to make that decision today to become a friend of God. Second invitation is just simply this, is that maybe you're in here today and you're much like I was and you found yourself not even knowing it. But your pursuit, you were more concerned with pursuing friendship with other things than you are with God right now. You're more concerned with pursuing friendship with things that entertain you or that you think are most satisfying right now than you are with God himself. I would invite you 
to come and say, to repent much as I had to do. And just to say to God, like, God, I want friendship with you. Not to put something on him to say, okay, now tomorrow, if I don't hear you speak in such a way, then I'm I'm going back to what I was. But no, just say, God, I'm going to avail myself to you. I want to avail myself to your word to see you. I want to avail myself to you in prayer. I want to acknowledge you when you speak so that I come and I follow. If that's you, I would ask you, could we just come to the altars? If that's your desire today, like you want a deeper friendship with the Lord, come to the altar. It would be, it, it would be, like I said, absolute insanity for any of us to say, I don't want a deeper friendship with the Lord. For us to literally sit back and say, I don't want to go deeper with God because I like my life. You, guys, we are, you will never find fulfillment. You'll never find fulfillment without a deeper friendship with the Lord because that's what you're created for. So I say to us, like, could we make that our prayer today? Could we make that the cry of our heart? You know, we have the Encourage Conference coming up and you know the theme is prayer. But I don't know if you remember this. Pastor Lee said, the theme is prayer, but he said, I almost wanted to use the word intimacy instead of prayer. We're about to go to into a conference where we're going to talk and we're going to hear all about prayer and intimacy with the Lord. And I just pray that leading up into the conference, our lives would be for that. Our lives would be what we would just draw near to as a friend to God. We would experience Him and we'd know Him. And we we find Him so, like, just happy to be His friend and His joyfulness with Him. So I just want to pray with you. I want to pray for all of us in here today that our friendship with the Lord would deepen. Maybe you need to take the Bible and you just need to search out the scriptures about God's love. Hey, search out the scriptures and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal them to you. You can do that even now on the altar if you have your Bible with you. Learn that His love is steadfast. It never wavers. It never moves. It's never up or down for you. It's consistent and across the board. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you, God. And God, I acknowledge in my own life, Lord, there are so many times... Lord, when I have pursued other things, when I have pursued other friendships with whatever it is, more than I've pursued a friendship with you. And God, you laid out so clearly, how does friendship come with you? It comes from you. And then not only does it come from you, but it even, but the growing of it begins with you because you love us. And so God, I acknowledge in my own life, I just repent and I ask God, help me deepen my friendship with you not some stoic man of God look but God just the joy that oh you're my friend and you love me and that you care about me and that you tell me things and I get to tell you things and I even get to laugh with you God that's the kind of friendship we want God we want a kind of friendship that is just so real just like we would sit with any friend in this room God, we can have that. I believe that we can have such a friendship. And so I pray for everyone in these altars today, God. I just ask, God, that you would give this to us, that you begin this work in us, God. Oh, it has to be you. It can't be the flesh. It can't be man. It can't be a preacher. It has to be you. And so we praise you. We thank you. We ask that you would hear us today. We ask that you would help us to let go of other things that may be We've sought more than we sought you, God. Whether it's ministry or life, things in lives, God, we just come before you. We praise you, God. Give you glory, Jesus.
comfort you who are in the altars today that maybe you're sitting here and you're weeping and, and, and rightfully so maybe you do need to repent before God but to know this that God desires friendship with you far more than you do right now for him and that's a good thing you don't have to weep like, like if anything we rejoice in that we can actually celebrate and be excited today because what your heart is burning and yearning for friendship with him is just the response to his friendship's desire for friendship with you. And you can know this, that if your heart is in that place, that it's going to be done. God is going to bring that about. God is going to grow that friendship together with you and him and that intimacy and that love and that relationship. And so, yes, if it's necessary to weep, we weep. But we also rejoice. Because we can rejoice that our friendship with God is growing because his friendship, he desires friendship so much with us. And you're responding to him. That's all that he requires is a response. And so I would even say we can sing with delight and joy and happiness, guys. We can be happy today that you're a friend of God. And friendship with God is for you right now. And we, it's being done. It's being done by God. He's growing that in you. So just rejoice, church. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Don't live, don't, don't beat yourself up. I'm such a bad friend, God. No, no, that's not what he's asking of you. He's asking for agreeance, repentance, and then rejoice. Rejoice that he has spoken to you. Say, I'm your friend today, and I can't wait to grow in this friendship together. It's what he says to you. So just give him your praise and your thanks. Rejoice. Be happy. Be a happy people. We're God's people. Let's be a happy people. We're friends with God. Let's be a happy people because he's a happy God. He's a joyful God. 